welcome back. We've uh, unfortunately we've had a, a little break due to uh, illness. I've been laid up in bed for like a week and a bit uh, of on and off, but we're here. Um, how's it going, Marky? Yeah, hi. Um, good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, everybody. Um, I want to say I hope that you've. Um, been missing the Curious Anarchy as much as I've missed uh, co-hosting it with Jermaine, who's always uh, a, a, you know, a sight for sore eyes in terms of uh, podcasting entertainment. So um, we're glad to be back on the horse and ready to roll with you today. What a pleasure it is to be back. Um, and I have to say, there has been a lot that's been happening. And mm. um, this is going to be a Curious Muse, but... <sighs> There's a lot that's gone on. <laughs> There's an awful lot that's gone on. There's an awful what? lot. Has it been two weeks since we've actually recorded? A week and a half or so? Yeah, it's been like a week and a half, and there's an awful lot that's happened. An awful lot. Around the world, an awful lot has happened. Mm. So, welcome to Curious Anarchy. Thank you for joining us. Much appreciated. Um, I'm your host, Jermaine, aka Curious, and I'm joined by Marky. Um, Let's tee off. Let's tee off. So, uh, first thing I just want to touch on is this situation that's happening in Russia with um, Bryna. I'm not sure of her first name. The basketball player. um, Yeah, I'm I'm not sure of her first name. WNBA. She she was she was caught with an amount of cannabis apparently. Yeah, well, that's um, that's the charge, and we don't know if it's true or not. Mm, mm. That's the charge. I mean, we wouldn't want to, you know, say yeah, yeah or nay if we're not involved with any evidence. So, you know, the, the charge that the Russians are saying is that she was a basketball player who came out to play out there, and somewhere along the way, she's been uh, a, sort of arrested by the police out there and suggesting that she's had an amount of marijuana. But what the Russians are saying, and, and at the moment, most people are kind of take the opposite of what they say because they tend to put spins on most things. Propaganda at this stage, really. Yeah, isn't yeah. So they're saying categorically this is not a political action because she got arrested. This is the other part of it. She got arrested literally the week the war started. Because I think it would be a very different case if it had happened, like, say, two years before. It would be a very different kettle of fish. Yeah. The fact that it's happened just as the war happened. America is obviously one of the main players against Russia in the in the war and the whole NATO thing. So it, it, its timing is very significant. You know, like, it's as if they want to use it as a, a leverage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, in the way that the case that happened in Iran with the English woman that was arrested for six years because uh, Britain wouldn't pay the money they owed Iran. It, it's like that sort of thing. It's, it's like, yes, there was an offence apparently, but also the bigger picture is it's a bargaining chip with, yeah. uh, you know, the country involved. So, you know, significantly, she's American. She's from the United States of America. And they happen to be at loggerheads with the Russian approach to of storming into its neighbourly country and, and invading it. So... Mm-hmm. So that's what set this up. Um, I would suggest that to you that people that went to Russia for the past 10 to 20 years um, have always found it a very strange place to hang around because sometimes it can be very friendly and very gregarious, incredibly nice people. But sometimes there are so many trumped up things that happen 
and there are elements of sort of racism, machoism that goes on, you know, sort of anti-gay things as well. And I've got a feeling she lives with a woman, but I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that is related to the charge, but I'm just saying there are just there well, are these just other different things that kind of yes, play off of it. They're the backdrop that could or mm. may not be part of the case. Mm. Um, now, also, we have to remember that this is again against the backdrop of this invasion, because on both sides things are beginning to ramp up a bit and this is this is in the last week uh, well. yes yes i mean well, basically every i mean i'm not sure how long it's been probably about a couple of months maybe three months at best yeah and every sort of month it ramps up again if you know what i mean so when i say ramp up what do i mean i mean for example that the european countries and america united states of america look at new sanctions against certain people from Russia or business interests in Russia or what have you. Yeah. Yeah? So what happens is that after a month, if they, if they feel that not enough has been changing, which clearly it hasn't, they'll then pick a new set of targets. More, more, more rules, more regulations, yeah. and yeah. add more pressure. So, for example, this week, Putin's... I can't remember if it's like a cousin or something, has... has has had that treatment where she's become person non gratis with because she runs some big business in the West and they've basically shut it down. Right. Right. So that's one example. Um, Ru Russia has. I'm, for I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of under a premise that there's possibly money being funneled back. Well, that, that's what they would say in any case. Like they said it about Avramovich, even though Avramovich was talking about using the money to fund, uh, you know, the, the help. Uh, uh, situation in, in Ukraine so I don't know I mean I'm not involved in that high level of discussion but what I'm saying is that's the pretext behind it mm. and the pretext from Russia for example is that uh, they have massive oil companies and they started a project with uh, a Japanese and Shell um, so that is that the oil company? company Shell yeah Shell oil company I'm talking about a couple of years ago not now I'm talking about a couple mm. of years ago they had a project where um, 50 percent owned by Russia, 25 percent owned by the Japanese company, and 25 percent owned by Shell. And basically, there, Russia is stopping Shell and this Japanese company from having anything from that deal. So that eventually, they'll just be there by name alone, because again, this is retaliation. You see what I mean? So both sides are doing this sort of stuff. And this, this is this is technically dragging Japan into it as well. Well, and then a, a multinational conglomerate company. Well, you know, if you were Russia, you'd be thinking anyone who's not with us is against us. So they would look at a couple of countries, maybe Turkey and China, China and not much further than that for expecting any kind of support. So, if, you know, they don't think they have that many, you know, like people that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, Russia this week missed its payment to the World Bank, mm. Mm. which. You know, it's it's weird because it's like when we talk about things in the UK and we talk about European Court of Human Rights, you know, there are certain things which are meant to supersede even when you have wars. Mm -hmm. And apparently Russia missed it because they paid some money into, I think it's a Swedish account, a bank that pay it usually into, but they paid it not in the right currency or something. So they, they, they technically they didn't miss it, but they paid the wrong 
currency. Uh, okay. But these things are starting to ramp up, is what I'm saying to you. So we're getting small little, and like for example, the West is now giving much more weaponry to Ukraine. Yeah. So you know, and and I think this week, you know, throughout this week, uh, this week, um, a couple of the Scandinavian countries asked to join. Um, uh, United Nations, uh, uh, yeah, U- the UN, uh, and NATO. Was it Finland and what was the other country? Either Sweden or Denmark. I can't remember which one. Yeah, but but the point about that is, um, they asked to join, and Turkey up till now has been blocking it because Turkey is upset that they support the rights of the Kurdish nation, who are an independent set of people that want their homeland back from Turkey, Syria, Iraq, etc. So they. They want, you know, the land that they used, they call their home. So the mm-hmm. Kurdish fighters have been fighting for many years to try and get that independence. And the Scandinavian countries support them. And Turkey is like, well, we're not going to vote for you to join NATO until, or UN or wherever it is, until you stop doing that. But obviously the pressure has been put on Turkey now to say, like, we're, we're not messing about now. There's a war on, you know, you need to let them join. So mm-hmm. all these things have been happening this week, is what I'm saying to you. So... So, the other thing that's happened is this woman is now being put to trial this week. So, what I'm saying yeah, is all these things, are, the timing is very bad for her. Yeah. Because it's, she's caught right in the middle of this whole tug of war around the war. Uh, so, I don't know how that's going to pan out. We'll have to wait to see what, what the sentencing is. My also, guess is, yeah, go on, go on. They'll, get, they'll, they'll sentence her to something like 10 years and then there'll be a whole bunch of hoo-ha and parade around it and politics going on both sides to mm. to find deals to get like okay so we'll give you this if you let her go it's all that sort of stuff so i think all that she's going to be well they used to call she's being held hostage right now yeah to, to, or, 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 or perhaps not right now but i think that she will end up being a, no i a, think even a, right a now, piece, I think, no i think it's fair to say right now i mean she hadn't been if it had been two years ago i don't think she would have been arrested yeah, yeah. It was only because of the timing of being in Russia at the time of the war. You know, you got to think about it. Imagine the other way around. If a couple of Russian athletes were in the UK and they got arrested because for some trumped up charge, um, just as the war was about to kick off. I mean, it's all a bit too, you know, coincidental. If it was coincidental, it's too coincidental. If you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it just totally. doesn't happen for weeks and months and years, and then suddenly it all happens the week. No, come on, that's not right. Yeah, um, and as well. There was um, something I, I saw today. Apparently, there was a a missile, apparently, which landed in Russia. Um, and I think it was a 10-year-old boy and an, an elderly man were caught in the, in the whatever it was. Um, but it's, it's alleged that it was a missile. So From whom? We don't know if it... From, well, from the Ukraine end. I don't think Ukraine are attacking Russia, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's a trumped up thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But, but more importantly, I would suggest to you is the fact that Russia is going through. So what happened was in the war, in the early part of the war, it got bogged down. Its, it's weaponry was slow to move. Its chain of command worked badly. So what they've resorted to now is literally bombing the hell out of places. Mm-hmm. So all across um, the Donetsk region where they're trying to conquer to have a bridge to the Russia, um, including the Crimea and that, which yeah. has been ongoing since 2014. Um, 
so yeah so that's that's key as well and thank you for mentioning that because this is giving this some background this isn't a new thing that's no, no, just no. come up out of nowhere it's been something that's been bubbling but, 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 for some time but we have to say this i mean one of the approaches you and i have always taken is is like a humanitarian approach and i've got to say bombing the hell out of places uh, it serves no purpose militarily or politically because all you're doing is destroying all the infrastructure. So even if Russia took over the region, all they've done is flatten the place. Yeah. You know, it's it's I don't, it's a it's a very negative tactic of warship. It's a bit like being in a football match and winning the game by kicking everyone on the other team all the way through the match. It's, yeah. It's pointless. It doesn't win any hearts and minds. It doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't serve to. You know, I've got these great palaces in this region because you're bombing them all. Uh, and if they were to take over they would then end up having to rebuild the place yeah. themselves. Yeah. So it's so kind of like get, kind of shooting yourself in the foot kind of thing. Exactly. And, and the other side of it is this, that if, if there's some negotiated settlement, you can guarantee that the West will rebuild Ukraine. So again, it was a pointless exercise doing that. Because all this happens is Ukraine will come back bigger and stronger because the West will invest a lot of money into building it. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty certain from the beginning that they've been given that promise to the Ukrainians. Um, Perhaps. No, I'd be very surprised if they had. Let's put it like that. I would imagine a lot of... Because don't forget, you know, so after the Second World War, Japan and Germany were rebuilt and they became thriving economies and a lot of business made a lot of money from doing that. Yeah. Because it generates such a lot of income. And we're going through times right now where the economies around the world are pretty messed up. And one of the things you always learn in a, in a depression, in terms of economic depression, is building is the way out. So the more you build and create things, the more you get out of that that downturn. Mm -hmm. And so obviously rebuilding Ukraine will be a massive thing on everyone's agenda. Yeah. So And I mean, of course, think, along with that is being able to sort of, I guess, plant your flag there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sense. Absolutely. I mean, one can look at, for example, at the moment in China. China's doing that all the way across the world now. You've got places in Africa and... and the Caribbean, and and I was going to say even Brazil, Latin America, they, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the huge um, businesses are set are being set up by the Chinese because they've they've recognised military isn't the way to go. Economically, is the way to go. Mm. They're going to own so many things around the world now because the other thing we always say about wars are the people that get involved lose money, the people that stand by and watch make money, and they are standing by and watching. China's not involved in this. They're not. They deliberately don't want to play anything. Yeah, and you have to remember as well that although they see themselves in some way as an ally of Russia, when Russia turned away from communism, it left China isolated. Mm. So although they're friends, they're not that good friends because they felt very abandoned in those periods. Mm. Um, but you know, to move on a little bit because this is an ongoing thing. I don't think the war is going to end anytime soon. I mean, I wouldn't no. be surprised to see. It Carry on if we wake up tomorrow and it's all over. I'd be surprised if it's not carrying on this time next year, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, th th there's something about this where it just feels like this is this is a bit of a long hauler. Yes, yes, yeah. And it's, it's a long haul win in this way of um, if you would, you know, I, it makes me think of how they got the stones to build Stonehenge from, let's say, from Wales to, to Wiltshire. 
But in my head, the image of a slow marching with big columns over thousands of people's heads. And it feels a bit like that with this, that it's a very slow, turgid movement. The Russians are going very slowly. Mm. And, and the Ukrainians are, are digging in and trying to, to stop them. It could be just a very long, drawn-out process. Now, the other thing we have to mention, because we have mentioned about the American woman, is that there are two sets of two individuals from the UK who went over to fight for Ukraine and have been captured and are being threatened with the death penalty. Mm. Now, are these again, two soldiers? Yeah. Well, two the, former soldiers? Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. yeah, but what but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, this is again bargaining chips, because they've yeah. been captured by not the Russians but friends of the Russians, like these these um, forces in the Ukraine who were Russian, and they, they were the excuse why Russia came into the Ukraine. Is uh, there are, there were communities of, of Russian uh, enclaves, I think the word is enclaves of Russians, yeah. and so these people have captured these guys, and they're threatening to use a death penalty. Now, they may do it, I don't know, but my guess is it's another bargaining chip again. Because mm-hmm. all these things are such high profile, you've got to imagine it's going to be used as a a bargaining... Um, oh, for sure. Tool. Yeah, bargaining yeah. Tool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, Jermaine, I'd like to take you nearer to home now, if I may. Go on. An awful lot's happened in the UK as well this week. Um, oh. Where so, should we start? Oh, my gosh. Well, the thing is, I want to start by saying this. We often find Boris going abroad, and at the moment, his favourite place to go is the Ukraine because he learned the tactic that Thatcher used to use, which is when you have a, a foreign war, there's nothing better for getting votes back in the UK than, than looking like you're active in that zone. Yeah. So, because a lot of stuff happens... I've noticed this because I've, I've I've actually stopped following his page, so I was just okay. like, I, I just I just can't believe this shit. Um, there was a lot of there were there were comments um, from I'm, I'm guessing what looked like might have been Ukrainian accounts saying, you know, well done, Boris, thank you for oh, yeah, coming yeah, yeah, and yeah, helping yeah. us, all of that kind of thing. And um, again, the, sort of just slightly segueing there, same thing with Rwanda, yeah, um, yeah. you know, with the immigrants. Um, being refused asylum in the UK, being then sent to Rwanda. Um, And there's, there are other countries, people from other countries in Africa who are, you know, admiring this and saying that, you know, this is a great thing to see the West. It's used to, to promote his international status as a world leader. And he does it quite a lot. He's, he's done it an awful lot. I mean, you remember the middle of the pandemic, he went over to India. He, he's done it an awful lot. He tends to run away yeah, from the UK. Yeah, right at the start of the pandemic. Oh, but he, he tends to run away from the UK when there's a crisis. Mm. And, and even if it's a small crisis. So the thing that's jarred this crisis this time is they lost two uh, by-elections um, badly. One to the left and one to the right so they kind of on both sides they're losing their target audiences mm. um and he's often felt the best way to win that target audience back is not to try and focus on things here but to go to be seen as the good humanitarian exactly exactly that and what's interesting about the things happening here is there's a cycle of events of a lack of moral fortitude and a, a, a sort of a extreme sort of sexual sexuality going on within his yeah. party and he's not addressing it because also he is culpable 
So, for example, this week, uh, a guy, um, one of the one of the members of the Tory party, went to a private members club, got very drunk, and started groping men in there. Young men. alleged allegedly got very drunk. Well, there are witnesses, so I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying what people have said. There were witnesses and reporters have sort of said there's, there's evidence that that's happened. Mm. I don't think the guy's denying it. In fact, he sort of said, I'm going to uh, resign my... He's not staying down as an MP, but he's going to resign if the party the... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So what's interesting about that is he's, he, he's tried to preempt it by saying, and I'm prepared to go to counselling. And that that would be all good and well if it wasn't if it was the first time this has happened, but this apparently has happened before, and the Tory party decided to let him carry on. So it feels like it's a, a, a cynical attempt. A it feels it feels like it's a cynical attempt to win the public back on board yeah. by saying yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. council. Circumventing the public's trust, really. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is he has to hand his resignation into Boris Johnson. Now, Ooh. we know that Ooh. a lot has happened with Boris Johnson. We know, for example, that he's had a number of different mistresses and wives. We know that he's got endless amounts of children that we don't know how many. And that's probably the only time we've ever had a leader of our country that we don't know how many children they've got. And we found out this week, uh, because there was a case that said um, he tried to get his partner, his wife, a job at the um, Foreign Office when he was the Prime Minister. Yeah. I'm talking about, not just a job, I'm talking about a hundred grand a a, a year job. A a position. Sorry, a position. Yeah. Right, so what what, what emerged this week was how the Home Office knew she was an inside job. How they they came to find that. Yeah, how they came to find (laughs) that. And it turns out that he was caught in a, a a room of the House of Commons with his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife, in the act of very, Yeah, in a very compromising situation. In a compromising situation. Apparently and, having a, a, a some, having wine, drinking wine. Well, that's the least of it. Among other things, of yeah, course. I'm just saying, the point of this is, because an MP barged in and saw them at it, word got round what was happening. <clears throat> Which is why when he tries to put this person forward for this post in the in the foreign office. They knew to turn it down because if that hadn't happened or it hadn't been uh, brought to their attention, they probably would have given her the job. Mm. It was only the fact that this came out and emerged as the backdrop behind why he was asking for this that they. And how long ago was this? Well, he's not been foreign minister for at least three years. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what year it was, but um, the point is. This is the kind of government he runs. This is the point and, we're making. There's a certain lack of morality. Yeah. We, we yeah. go all the way back to when you know um, that his advisor went up to Bernard Castle um, in the height of the pandemic. We go to Partygate. There's just endless amounts of lack of morality. You know, stuff that in the past a prime minister would have stood down just on one of those items, just one of them. And he's even had people resign from his from his uh, cabinet yeah for their own errors but doing things that he's done Mm -hmm. so it's like well where's your backbone if they're doing this where's your backbone yeah Yeah. 
I mean, it, it does show you a, an extraordinary lack of of moral compass. Um, but in regards to Boris specifically, because well, no, I think in, in this situation with well, the, being caught in in the situation with being caught in the act of doing things that should not have been yeah, happening yeah. in the House of Commons um, years ago, years yeah. ago, this was years ago, right? So he wasn't even on on the well, he may well have been on the peripheries at the time, but you know, um, to the to being to the PM slot, I mean. He was from um, the secretary he, at the time, so it was an important job. You got to think if, if she'd have been a spy, a lot of British secrets would have got out. I mean, the military can't have affairs with people like that because there's a danger of, of espionage. Mm. But but actually, I think I'd, I'd have to take point. Uh, I'd have to take a thing with you here because I actually think it shows a lack of moral fiber for the whole party uh, and it's, it's quite similar actually to the January the 6th um, findings in the United States in both mm. cases people who claim to be from a party that is in favor of law and order a party that believes in the higher moral ground have been compromised to supporting these people like Donald Trump and Boris Johnson, who don't share their values, but because they're popular in the voting sphere, somehow they're they're giving them their support. Mm. So people that would normally stand up and say, "I cannot tolerate this," are tolerating it. Mm. So, for example, an example just quickly because they had a vote this week um, where. Um, I think it was about Ireland, and the whole of the Conservative Party knew that they didn't really want to support uh, the British thing of ripping up the, the agreement they've got with Europe and with, and with Southern Ireland, because breaking international law is a serious thing. So for example, you can't criticise Russia if you're going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Or anybody else. So in the vote, sorry, in the discussion in the House of Commons, Lots of the old school Tories were like, no, this is disgusting what you're doing. This is out of order. But when it came to the actual vote, they voted with the government. Mm. And this is the problem. This is the dilemma they're in. The same thing with the Trumpites in, in the Republican Party in America. They don't want to support him, but they don't know how to tactfully, tactfully withdraw from it. Yeah. So the problem is they're, they're left to compromise their values. Because, you know, years ago, the Republican Party and the Conservative Party would have been absolute upholders of morality and always turning to anyone else going, look how you're... I mean, take the discussion around um, abortion in the United States. Now, mm-hmm. they would have always been the party to say, don't kill an child, you know, and it'd be everyone else would be saying, no, a woman has a right to choose. And they're like, no, a woman shouldn't be having sex. Like, well, you can't say all that if you've got people like Trump and Johnson in charge now. Mm. So you're not that moral fiber that we thought you were. Mm-hmm. Because you've given up your principles to support someone who you think will get you more votes. And politics has to be about more than that. It really has to be. And what Trump and Johnson have done in the past eight years is to make England and the United States a laughing stock. And to, you know, for years and years, people in America and you know United Kingdom would say, Look how the rest of the world is, how they, they, they lack moral fiber. Look at us, we're always the, the guardians of democracy and free speech. And they're not. 
they've, they've let it all down. It's all been compromised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'd, I'd even go as far as saying that it, it was never the case anyway. Right. But with that, having that, these new things come into I mean, light, Jermaine, it's, like, it's just more, it's more, what do you call it? Fuel to the fire. Well, it's, it's much more blatant. I and mean, we could have that discussion the other day. I don't think either of us believe that it was ever the case. But I'm saying they could always hide behind the veneer of saying it was the case. But now they've been proved to be morally bankrupt now because they, 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 they cannot separate themselves from people who are acting with complete callousness towards moral judgments, to, to making proper decisions, to standing down on principle. All those things gone out the window now. There's no point in the future they can turn around now and say, well, look, you know, we're the moral god. No, you're not. You've proved that you're not. You've proved that you're not. So that's important. That's, that's important. Very important. Um, and it's interesting because both Boris and Donald Trump have a habit of saying they don't know the people who are accusing them of these things. So, like for example, there's a woman that, who worked very closely to Donald Trump in the in the White House, and now he's saying he one doesn't of the know age. one of the aides. Yeah, he's saying he doesn't know, her, and that's because she's made a statement in in the hearing that that he tried to force his. Um, what are they called? The people that his protection. Oh yeah, his uh, the U.S. Well, the Secret Service, his security. Yeah, he forced them to drive him to the to the Capitol House or the Capitol Hill, whatever it's called. Um, uh, it's really they, interesting that because I've heard a couple of stories. There was the one that you told me where um, I think it was it was said that he'd grabbed at one of their necks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've I've also read something somewhere where. Apparently, he'd grabbed the the wheel of the car. Well, um, it, it, he did both actually. He, he grabbed the neck and he grabbed the wheel. Um, but obviously, you're doing it with people that their main job is to protect you. In other words, they're very physical guys. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Trump mm-hmm. is a particularly physical guy. It's really. I'm trying to think of what scenario I could picture him out muscling the FBI or the Secret Service wherever they are. <laughs> and Can you imagine? I can't see, I can't Can see where imagine? that's going to go. That's a, that's a battle you're never going to win, isn't it? That's, I, I also have seen something um, said by the Secret Service where they say that that never happened. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've seen some things like that, but I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I think that's a cover-up job, to be honest with you. I think they've, they're just covering themselves because they've got to work with everyone. They could, I mean, Trump might be the next president. I uh, I'm far more likely to believe people who have got nothing to gain. I mean, they'd be out of a job, surely. Exactly. <laughs> if, if they'd have but allowed that to happen. This aide that stood up and said this has happened, what's she got to gain from this? It's it's mm. losing her job, potentially. So you've got to believe her more than, the, you know, the Secret Service are saying this didn't happen when, really? I mean, are you going to say, are you going to say it didn't happen and lose your jobs? Of course not. They've only got one job, you know, she <laughs> is putting her job on the line by saying, this is what I was told actually happened. Um, now, it's interesting because we had a similar thing here with Boris Johnson, where we had pictures of him coming out of his darkened four-wheel drive and running three yards up the street when, for all intents and purposes, we were led to believe he goes jogging every morning. And there was just pictures of him going jogging about three yards. So, um, you know, it, it's just... It's it was, just it was actually quite funny watching that, that video because it, it was... It was the blatant... It was just the blatantness of it all. You can see... You actually see him get out of the car, run round the back <laughs> in his full jogging gear, yeah. right? <laughs> and then running and jogging yeah, into yeah, the yeah. hotel. 
Jermaine, I, 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 I'm just amazed at the contempt they have for us that they think they can just do this stuff just and we were going to go, oh, <laughs> didn't even notice you, you know, like it's just it's so petty. Mm. Um, and but, but the thing I wanted to sort of to hone in on really for everyone who's listening because I'm pretty certain wherever you're listening this is going to be an issue for you um, that around the world the economies of the world um, are struggling um, because of the war and because of COVID you know there hasn't been a chance to sort of bump up uh, the economies properly and yet for example the UK is promised has found one billion pounds to give to Ukraine in the world. Well, exactly. Because we were told a couple of months ago there is no money to help poor families in this country. Right. So and and this is even in, in light of, you know, Brexit, the whole debacle around Brexit being challenged well, and 350 again, million again, which yeah. is like, okay, so we were told the money? Brexit that there would be not a lot of money around because they spent a lot on they weren't prepared for Brexit and obviously they spent a lot but they keep finding money for certain things like for example we've had a um, a rail workers strike the past couple of weeks now the government's advising the rail companies not to pay them the the 7% they want and to make the guaranteed jobs stuff that they want and yet the government's consistently been paying the companies, and these are these are companies not from the UK. Uh, out of something like 13 rail companies, only one is from the UK. So these are companies from Europe who run rail services across Europe, who have taken a bit like <clears throat> with the football clubs, you know, where they've come in from abroad and run the industry, often running it very poorly and incredibly expensive. Mm. They still get grants from the government. They still get money from the government. So that they've been giving themselves pay rises and bonuses for what they've achieved last year. And yet they haven't got money to pay the, the, the rank and file. That's amazing. It's astonishing. And, and you know, even to add into all of that, it's, it's, you know, it's not just money. It's, you know, the job security. It's the pensions. It's um, also the, the contracts that they're trying to... Yeah, have I mean, people yeah, quit yeah. or leave and then re-sign them back onto this so zero-hour contract or some so contract. We saw, this, just... we, we saw this with P&O, where they sat them on the boats mid mid uh, workday. Can they you imagine that? Workers. Can and you then, imagine that? And then P&O wanted to bring in agency workers and Grant Chap said, you can't do that. Because they're not trained, they're not skilled enough. And yet with the rail workers, he's suggesting they should bring in agency workers. Mm. And the union is saying, but you're not skilled enough. You can't do the job that we're doing. This isn't just about pulling a lever and driving a train. There's much more involved in this. Mm. And a lot of the people that we're talking about are like track workers and things like that. You're not going to let agency workers try and sort out your tracks, are you? So... Again, this is a lack of consistency and a lack of and sort of lying to us about whether there's money and, and how you should go about sort of sorting out industrial dispute. And it's the whole thing is such a charade. That is the word. That and is the, word. The, the other thing I'm thinking of is, is like all this thing around tax. There's a lot of tax being put up. The, the cost of fuel has been put up. And yet there are people in this country, big businesses in this country, that don't pay any tax at all. 
And if you just charge them 10% of what they earn, we wouldn't have to do any of this stuff that we're talking about. So it's like they are treating us. But we have never been educated. That we have never understood anything about the economy, about business, etc. And to me, it's very much like running a household. If you're running a household and you have to have budget, food, uh, heating, light, etc., all those things, you make a budget for these things. And if you're going to buy, say, um, I don't know, a new lawnmower, that has to balance against your budget. So it's interesting they can find a billion pounds to give to the Ukraine, but they can't find money to keep, you know, people in the UK in housing, heating, and food. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting don't give them money to Ukraine. I think they can find both, to be honest. They found a billion pounds for the, for the PPI stuff that we didn't even use. <laughs> so they find it when they need it. And the other thing like this as well is most countries around the world are in debt. So they'll tell you they can't do anything to help you because there's so and much in debt. And even that, it's just like that, that in itself is a whole podcast on its own. It would eat, but what I'm saying is around a country being in debt. No, anyway. but they'll, they'll say they're in debt, and then they'll tell you can't they can't find money, and then they find something like this billion pound. So how does that really work? And, and someone once worked out that if you took the collective debt around the world, it's like something like seven trillion. But who's it owed to? If the whole world owes seven trillion, who's the recipient of it? Because mm. if, if the whole world owes money. Who are the people that get it? So, to be honest, I think we're being played. And I have to reason with myself to think, surely, as a, a world population in the 21st century, if we just collectively came up with solutions, we could do a much better job than what's being done for us. The problem is that we, I still can't believe that in this day and age, we trust our leaders so much to let them carry on doing this stuff for us. And we think that having one election every four years is okay to allow them to carry on doing this kind of stuff. Mm. You know, you um, should start again and say, let's start with, first of all, giving everyone food. Then let's make sure they've got heating. And from then on, then we can look at other things. Let's start with those two things to begin with. Everyone in the country should have food and heating, just to begin with. And secondly, they are taxing. This is something I found really interesting because I was talking to an old person about this the other day. Old people have worked all their lives, saved their money all their lives, paid tax on the money all their lives. They then get a pension, they get taxed on the pension. And then when they pass away, there's death duty on their house. So they're getting taxed three times for the one income that they had. And once when you're not even alive. But, but how, many time, how many times should you be taxing someone? Like imagine... You're in a job for the next 10 years. Fantastic job, Jermaine. And they tax you. And then when you become a pensioner, they tax your pension. And then they tax the profit you've got so that your kids can't have it. That's mm. mad. How is that How is that acceptable? To the oldest people... What is that death tax, by the way? How much is know, that? Oh, it's, about, it's about a quarter of the property. Wow. But what, what I'm trying to say to you is, these are the people, the backbone of the whole country, every country, I don't care what country you're listening in, these are the people that built your country. These are the people that you know saw you, saw your country through things like the Second World War. This is how we repay it, seriously. 
And, you know, we, Joanne and I might be talking about the UK, but I guarantee you most countries are pretty similar in the way they deal with it. Yeah, for sure. I just find it horrendous. I can't believe that we live in a world that's so corrupt when people claim to be religious and moral and all this stuff. And you, you look around and you think, how could you possibly rubber stamp all this stuff then if that was the case? It does make you wonder. No wonder we're talking on Eucurious Anarchy. No wonder we're having this discussion here, because quite frankly, otherwise we wouldn't hear this discussion. People would just go along their business, you know, playing darts and rowing down the river and, 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 and going to opera and watching um, a flower show. Oh, and just carry oh. on as if things are normal, watching football as if these, these things are normal, that everyone should be living like this. That's why Jermaine has often said, and I'm so applauded for saying it, we are not a podcast, we are a way of life. <sighs> and so, I think there were actually a few things that I wanted to mention that kind of oh, came good. up in between, but they're, yeah, they're kind of inconse- inconsequential. Oh, um, I like but you. also, Can't we have to, something, have that, something that's just come to mind actually is um, I'm not sure if we covered this with the no confidence vote. Have we actually oh. done a pod on that? Uh, around Northern Ireland, the no confidence vote, which in one the Tories, in the Tories, yeah, but around what? What was the, what was the vote around? What was the what were they voting no confidence about? Boris. Um, yeah, Boris, yeah. Yeah, no, we did cover it, but we can cover it again. It's the same principle. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so... Um, so to, to all of our listeners then, so there was a, about a week and a half ago or so, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. two weeks or so, yeah. um, it, things were just so dreadful that the Tories decided that they were going to have a no-confidence vote. Ah, it was that weekend, and it went down to... Was it something like they needed? Something like, was it 286... Uh, votes to keep no it was 54 wasn't it to yeah, start yeah, off yeah yeah um and there was like one by one leading into the weekend i think it hit about 13 by the friday and then over the weekend it come in and it's uh monday we then woke up to yeah this is going to be happening so the vote happened and there's a, a vote of confidence in him which is just completely bizarre um but now what that was supposed to have done was to lock him into the prime ministership or whatever you might call it yeah. um for one year at least yeah, and yeah. apparently you're not uh, able to challenge that within that period of time um now it's come out that um if boris is found to have li- lied to the house of commons there will be another no confidence vote potentially to happen so we're kind of in this sort of floating well, hold on, let's stage get, let's get that clear when you say that you're not meant to challenge it for a year this is like the discussion i had with people around the second amendment in america the, the whole thing about carrying guns laws can get changed it's a voting process you have a legal process and they, a law can get changed so th- there's nothing that is sacramount nothing that can't be changed it just depends mm. on on having a, a vote or going through a legal process to change something. Mm. So take the thing, the agreement England's got with um, Europe and Ireland. You know, that can be changed. I mean, you know, it might not be legally great, 
it might make us look ridiculous, but you can still change it because if you go through the legal process, you can still do that. Um, now, they had a vote in no confidence in Boris because of uh, all the party thing, and it lost them two by-elections, which they were very much expected to win. Mm. One of the by-elections, I have to say, was someone had to stand down because he was watching porn in the House of Commons. So coming back to that sleaze thing again, we're back to that again. Mm-hmm. You know, the party that likes to have its its sleaze. Um, but the thing about it is, Jermaine, when you look at all this, like I said earlier, that in America and in the UK, they don't have the, the they used to say cojones, they don't have the courage to um, vote against their leaders if they think their leaders are, if they, if they think they struggle to find someone who's going to get as many votes as the person they've got now. So it's not really about the moral fortitude or anything like that. It's about who will win them the next election. Mm. So until someone is better than Boris and, and Donald, that's who we're going to end up with. And it's it really does say a lot if they can't even produce somebody that's got some sort of something about them that could stand up against Boris and well, and... you see, the, the first thing they got to have is a bit of a character, a bit of a um, personality. Mm. If you get people standing up and they got no personality, then there's no way the party's going to vote for them. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's part of the problem. We kind of like and enjoy that sort of the branding sort of it, element of politics. It's the politics of personality rather than the politics of idea, mm. Which, mm. which is completely contrary to how most human beings go through their lives. Most of the time we make choices about what's right or wrong, not about, oh, I think I'll go down that path because that person's prettier than that one or something like that. That's not generally how we run our lives. Now, the other thing I want to quickly bring up as well, um, this has happened quite a lot recently. Uh, lone shooters in Scandinavia um, who are about 22 years old and seem to be coming from the far right. So there's a lot of people that seem to be going online between oh, six right. and 22 and they get brainwashed in the same way that we, when we used to talk about people being brainwashed to go and fight for ISIS. These are young people that, that their, their whole reason that they're political and educational reasoning hasn't fully developed. And they get brainwashed into carrying out lone wolf acts of, of horrific behaviour. Mm. Now, we often talk about the United States because they have so many of these. I mean, 288 compared to 80 other countries. But it has to be noted that these are things that are happening in lots of different countries. It's almost like it's a... You know, like you have these trends where people copy each other. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. like a copycat. copycat trend, yeah. yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that at the moment because today there was a shooting in Denmark in a shopping centre, and uh, last I think it was last week there was one in a, a gay bar in, in was it Norway, Finland? I know oh, there was one in Norway. I think there was yeah. uh, ten people were shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, right. Yeah. So I'm thinking what's happening is there's becoming a bit of a copycat thing around the world with this. And even in America, if you look at the people doing it, generally it's 16 to 25-year-olds who are lone, lone characters and who seem to be doing a lot of stuff on the web. And They just seem pretty angry about yeah, something, yeah, yeah. about the world, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, having not lived the world, you know, they haven't really lived long enough in the world to see enough of what we're talking about. Mm. But they seem to hate on people just because they've read it online. So, like, you know, 
these people or those people are ruining our country. And and they seem to believe it. And it's becoming far more regular than it should be. Far more um, of a trend than it should be. But, but what's really, of what I've found kind of quite, not interesting, I guess, but it's been something that I've thought, oh, this is a bit odd. How, th- again, this has been happening and, and this is a reflection of what was going on sort of pre-2016 with that wave of the far right kind of rising across Europe. There are these little, uh, let's call them microaggressions that have taken place around the world. Um, one of the things was I, I was completely unaware of um, the, like Norway having access to guns in that kind of way. Um, I, I don't know, I kind of presume that the rest of Europe sort of follows a similar suit as, as we have, where guns aren't a thing. You know, people still get them, of course, but I don't think that we've ever had um, a mass shooting or a, a, a shooting in that kind of way. I think it's well, usually I been... I don't, I don't think we should turn it into a nationalistic thing, because I think... I think around the world, no, it's not, had... it's not a nationalistic thing at all. But I'm just saying, I, I just well, we I had... don't think that we've had one of those kinds of. No, but it's... we've had a problem with uh, in a, in a lot of cities in the UK, young people killing each other with a sort of scant regard for human life. Yeah, and and, and it's just like to me, it's a pa- it's this is another sort of pandemic where people too young to really know about life are taking it upon themselves to kill people or be killed. Um, for what exactly? So I mean, it, it's it's sad, and, it, and it's a sad that mm. the, the message seems to be going out to these young people that no one cares about them. And if you if you think about, like, in this country, for example, the the closure of things like youth clubs, the, you know, the lack of the jobs for youth workers. I mean, it, you know, there is something to back it up in a way that they they are almost the forgotten people because if you're not doing well at school and everything then no one really cares what you're doing mm. and that's probably how a lot of these people are feeling in in Denmark it's, it's the isolation it's the yeah. isolation yeah. that yeah. takes yeah. place from school from society and then you're kind of left to your own devices and you end and, up and you being still vulnerable and, well you say all that Jermaine but also the isolation of, of the pandemic for two years as well yeah there well, is that as well yeah that hasn't helped things and you know, I noticed that uh, they not make a big deal of it, but in this country, for example, they're suggesting that the figures for the COVID has gone back up again and that at the beginning of the winter, it could get very high. Mm. So we I saw a- something today about, um, I think the, the COVID figures have gone up 32% in the Yeah, UK. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and really think- interesting considering this time last year yeah it was probably around this time last year i think we were going into lockdown yeah and and we know that going towards this period between now and um december is like if you just talk about colds generally that's the period most people are going to get uh you know it's going to pass around schools and things like that for example in that period yeah and and it's a very worrying statistic just on the edge of that starting to become, you know, that, that period of time. Yeah. And on that note as well, there is the, 
Wait, hold on. Has the um, the Commonwealth Games began just yet? Not yet. It's I think about a week's time. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's that that's happening. And um, the and preparation. We've also, we've, got, we've also got the Women's World Cup as well. So. Uh, yeah, European, sorry, European Championship. European At the same time, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but it's all the same time because the whole argument to get the World Cup in Qatar in December has had a knock-on effect to all these events. Mm. Because don't forget, right now we're in the middle of um, uh, Wimbledon as well. So yeah. people come to Wimbledon, they'll come for the Commonwealth Games, they'll come for the so all of that is um, more likely to be a spreader events in a way. Yeah. Because people will be at these big events and you think, well, you know. Yeah. And then, and then you know, what, what it, it, I kind of mentioned uh, the Commonwealth Games, but, you know, we've got Carnival, which which is going to yeah. be coming back this year as well. And you- a number of other events. I mean, just last week, um, we had our local music festival um on the streets and it was it it was great to see so many people out i'm not gonna lie but it was really busy well chock a block i mean i think people that maybe had been stuck in the house decided you know what fuck it i'm going out but you you missed the most obvious one which is glastonbury which is you know by far the the largest populated of all the things we're talking about which was last weekend um First and Glastonbury. that's an interesting one as well because again that's another international event yeah but also it's the first one for two years as will be the carnival so again we put it off for two years because uh, of the virus and yet now the virus is about to come back so it, I don't know where we're going with all this to be honest with you <laughs> it does uh, make you wonder about the approaches and if you're listening in around the world I say this in the light of Jermaine having been sick for a week as well so this is this is very disturbing, uh, very disturbing because you know what what we used to call normality. When will it come back? And is there such a thing anymore? Mm. Mm. But um, I'm noticing we've done 54 minutes, Jermaine. Which oh is wow! 15 minute program. Incredible, incredible. Um, so I think that we'll make this a tea with yeah to Martin Luther King Jr. Then yeah. Um, and it will be released when it's released. <laughs> um, any final thoughts? Yeah, final uh, there's a couple of things. First of all, because we're calling it the tea with Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, a number of sportsmen in different sports have, have pointed out how racism is creeping back into the games again. You know, like there seems to be a theme where Formula One, football, etc., it's all coming back in again. Mm. It needs to stop. And we need to kind of mature ourselves as a human race to stop doing stupid things like racism. So that's my first point of call. The second thing is that the the, the chief of the chief of Formula One, Bernie Eccleston, said it was one of the most bizarre comments of the week that he would take a bullet for Putin. What a way to, to, to almost wind this episode up. Well, I just think it's amazing. I can't, I can't. First of all, I'd, I'd struggle to think if you and I... In what circumstances on, would this ever occur? Well, first of all, yeah. But second, I'm thinking if you and I had to stand up and say, who would we take a bullet for? It would be a very long, thoughtful 
discussion before we came to a conclusion. <laughs> it's, and I just think, where, where does he, where did he, how did he get to that way of thinking? I, I can't say he liked the guy, but I'd take a bullet for him. Seriously? Why? Why would you? I, I just, it was a bizarre thing. And, and it's a bizarre thing to say if you're someone in the local boozer, but to be the head of Formula One and say that, it's just, I don't know what these, it's sometimes people concerning. have more money than sins. It's a very concerning statement. It's a very concerning thing. And it's, I it's, would it's, actually it's, like to hear that, that interview, that whole interview. That, that sounds very peculiar. I mean, I would imagine a lot of people would be interested to see the outcome of that if that actually, actually happened. Mm. You know, see little Bernie standing in front of Putin and taking a bullet. It'd be, uh, can, can you imagine? It'd be an interesting scenario. Can you imagine? And, and, and this on the back of... Um, there was something going round about this person, this man who carries the briefcase with the nuclear codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Which, which I think is like, one, I mean, if it was even real, right? If it was a, if it was a thing, why would this person be walking around with this briefcase so open like I don't know I just find that a bit hard to believe you, you have to wonder why that's happening why he's walking around with it you know like he's going to a chipping he bumps into a couple of lads in their chair and, you know can't, he can't get drunk ever for example <laughs> so um, I thought it was interesting it's fascinating and and, and it, uh, yeah, more examples of the world we live in you know like um I want to. I'm going to finish off by asking you a simple question. If you go to a supermarket today and you don't have a carry bag, why are you still paying for that carry bag? Like, why are you still paying 10p or 50p for that carry bag? Is it 50p? I don't know. In some places, I'm sure it is. Wow. No, but I'm asking, why is that still the case? Why is it still the case that we, st- like, like, I don't. I mean. <laughs> These companies are making billions of pounds. Why are they charging us 10p for a carry bag? And for plastic as well. It's like, okay. how much? Think about how much plastic is put in the sea by things like the arms industry and the drugs industry. And they're charging us 10p for a carry bag. I don't get it. <laughs> it seems like we have to foot the bill for it. Yeah, again, you see, it's like the same thing with these companies where they make billions of pounds and we're still the ones paying tax on all these. Mm. No, it's like they must think we're so stupid. Could you hit us up on the um, any of our uh, social media if you're not stupid? Because we'd like to prove to them that the world is full of people that are not stupid and we know exactly what's going on around us. It's um, it's astonishing. <laughs> and and this is only what roughly a week's just over a week yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of, yeah. of action you know um again i'd like to apologize for there not being the uh, the usual kind of continuation of episodes that have been released over the last week but like i said i've been off ill so Man, you don't sometimes we do need to take time and, no, exactly. you know, I wanted to make sure that when I did recover, I was recovered and well exactly. enough to continue. Well, first of all, is that. And secondly, Jermaine and I are going to leap into a new phase of action and, and positivity that you, you'll be so glad that you, you were here hearing this, ready for that. So 
listen up and listen up and look out. We're, we're coming. We're coming forward with bigger, stronger things. More to come on that. Yep, indeed. Hit us up on the Twitter and Instagram at underscore curious anarchy. I almost forgot for a second. <laughs> Wait, has it been that long? Um, oh, wow. Um, I'm just trying to think um, for any any final thoughts that I'd like to share as we look at and consider a, a government who at, almost at every twist and turn it's just constant just letting us down letting the side down letting politics down um, the whole even the element of trust if you might even consider yourself as someone that does trust leaders um, it's that it's just broken promises everywhere Maybe. it's like sonic rings yeah. when Sonic gets gets knocked yeah. and all the rings uh, you know <laughs> that, that's literally what it's like and to think that our Prime Minister our current Prime Minister was found in a uh, what's the word the C word uh, compromising compromising that's the one situation so many years ago that's come back to haunt him but now it's like this is normal so this is this is kind of what we expect. It's oh, welcome to it, the new normality. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the new normal. <laughs> and saying that, you know, these there are some quite serious allegations that have been made. Um, you know, there are some quite serious things going on. We began with Brian at the beginning. Um one of a few or many examples that are, are happening right now and have happened through history. So, yeah, it's true. They say that history repeats itself. It seems to be. Well, they say way. history repeats itself if you don't learn from it. Mm. Mm. That's and it point. seems like it seems like we've not quite learned a lesson collectively. You're doomed to repeat. You're doomed to repeat the lessons if you don't learn the lessons. Mm. And so, with all of that doom and gloom, um, is there any positive news? Anything that could kind of just raise the spirit slightly before we do finally close this episode? Well, I, I, I have only positive news, but I'm thinking, I wonder out somewhere out there in the massive universe, there's a planet with people on it and they live in a much more collective way where they trust each other and don't have to rely on leaders. Oh, um, I don't know if it, no, I don't know. Maybe it's good news for some and, and possibly not so good news for others. Um, but in on the whole, I think it's a positive step in the right direction. Um, just closing with the, we were talking about sexual assault, sexual abuse. Um, R. Kelly has gone down for 30 years and... Is it Ghislaine, I think, or Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah. yeah. Um, the consort, I guess, to Epstein. Um, she's gone down for 20 years, I believe. Um, so that's some reflection, some kind of uh, something to take away um, 
for those people that were victims. Um, but it's not over yet. Um, no, it's not. And, and these are people who were trusted in positions of power and wealth. And yet again, perhaps like a member of the royalty, um, they let us down by their behavior and their cynical approach to humanity. Do you think with all the wealth and everything that you've got, you think you'd be happier without having to resort to behaviors like this? So thank you for cheering us up, Jermaine. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you're still with us, much appreciated. Um, and also thank you to our new listeners. We have uh, Hong Kong, which has yeah. recently joined us. I, I noticed that uh, over the weekend. Um, that's an interesting one, Hong Kong. Um, don't know much about it. I know of the sort of, well, I guess the, the colonialism aspect of of Hong Kong and the, the battle between Britain and, and China. Um, but yeah, that I think Hong Kong is going to be a, a country that we need to do a little dive into at some point. We've got a few countries that we need to do this week. Yeah, to be I fair. think there's a few we have to. <laughs> Bhutan being one of them. Oh well, yeah, definitely Bhutan for sure. Um, yeah. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. It's been great to be back um, stretching the uh, the old vocal cords once again with you, Marky. On behalf of the podcast and the universe, it's so nice to have you back, Jermaine. A pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to please hit us up on the Twitter and Instagram at underscore Curious Anarchy. Uh, with any comments, thoughts, or questions, please, if you have any questions, do tweet us, do Instagram us. Um, on a day, well, this is technically coming out at the beginning of the week kind of thing, so I'm kind of trying to think ahead. Um, as we move into this new week um, as we realise and and we're being what we we are realising what is being exposed to us um, I'd like to think that we might take some lessons from this for ourselves um, in group work unity um, being one ultimately um, but also being a, a stand-up citizen, a stand-up person, a stand-up individual, being there for your friends, family, and so on. Um, be good. <laughs> and if you can't be good, be better. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.